This is London Calling. London Calling. So we don't want to scare people unnecessarily. Mm. But the absolute risk of serious adverse events was at least one in 800. Okay. Uh, and, and a lot of those are cardiovascular. And then it, you were more likely in those trials to suffer a serious adverse event than to be hospitalized All with right. COVID early on. And I think the vaccine has certainly helped people who are high risk. But now we should be reassured that Omicron and what's circulating is really no worse than the flu. And this is really time to pause the vaccine rollout and to really okay. investigate this properly. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpot, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. How, how are you doing, Tibbs? I'm good, James. I'm good. I, I went shooting last weekend. Oh, so, did, did um, you now? I did. did you? I how, did. How many invites is that now that it's you've not, had this, this season? It's, 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 I, think it's, I think it's only my third, possibly my fourth day this season. Fourth day this season, I think. So it's, it hasn't been a particularly plentiful season. That's four more season. than I've had, mate. Is it really? Yeah, oh, sorry about but, that, James. But but I've got something coming up actually, which is I've got two things coming up which are actually better than anything you've had. But I'll show you those in a moment. Okay. Um, so anyway, it was pretty good. It was um, pheasant and partridge, um, yeah. and it was in the home counties. I can't be more specific than that. And no, um, no. and uh, but one of the um, one of the guns, the wife of one of the guns, um, said how much of a fan she was of one. Jay Dellingpole. Now, she 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 wasn't she wasn't a listener to London Calling, so she couldn't really claim to be Team James. Um, but she just knew you of, of old because she used to work on the Telegraph, and she says you were always a breath of fresh air, always so full of life and good cheer. She always lit up when you appeared in the office, knowing that you would be amusing and just provide a tonic to the general gloom over at Telegraph Tower. So there you go, James. Oh, that's 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 really nice. How disappointed she'd be if she knew what I'd become. <laughs> I told you you'd become no. a real old, curm- a curmudgeonly old stick in the. Yeah, no, I, I actually I haven't. I've I've become as 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 my wife would tell you, um, <laughs> bitterly. <laughs> I'm a gentleman of leisure. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, my wife is not looking forward to me becoming a gentleman of leisure. I can tell you that. I've 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 become I've become Mr. Jorix basically d- d- trying trying to. Well, I said I said that that I've been given a, some better some better treats than you, and coming up, I have got the most amazing thing, which I'll tell you about after it's happened. Um, okay. I've been invited out with a what one of one of the the best hunts in the country, hmm. um, and I'm being given two horses. For the oh day. Gosh, is that is that, is so, that like is is the person who's invited you also provided the bonus? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know you you know you're 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 hunting properly when instead of saying good night, master, at change horses, you you exchange your your first horse for your for your next horse for your fresh horse, and you 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 go in pursuit of what's known as the the four o'clock fox. Or the three o'clock fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that do you I, change I, horses um, after you've already dispatched the first fox in order to? No, you know, I can honestly say to I have never, ever, ever <laughs> been on a hunt where where we've managed to kill a fox. So, I, okay. you know, I so that's that's neither here nor there. The point is that, like, if you've been hunting, for, sounds a lot like one of your shoots, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, totally. If you've been hunting for a couple of hours and you're really quite knackered, uh, so I've I've never had the experience of then then having to to overcome that knackeredness with a fresh horse and and presumably you just have to take, drink a lot more or something. Um, so I'm I'm quite nervous about it because I don't want to I don't want to make a dick of myself. It, I, I want to rise to the occasion. Anyway, I'll 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 give you more details about when it's happened. Um, and the other thing is I've been invited stalking. Ah, um, oh, that's quite interesting. Yes. Yes, uh, in yes. Scotland? No, not in Scotland. Um, I, I mean, I, and I've been told I won't be allowed to kill Bambi unless it is. I've demonstrated that I am capable of, of hitting a target, which, which, which is actually fair enough. But that's I, normal. Because, At the beginning of every stalk, you is it? You, you, yeah, because you hit, you have like a, a lot of like a lot of people who participate in country sports. I respect my quarry and I certainly don't want to cause it any unnecessary 
pain. I want it, if it's going to die, I want it to be quick and I want to respect it. So I'm totally okay with that. Well, I mean, it's very easy. I mean, typically, I mean, um, every well, every time I've been stalking, at the beginning of the stalk, you sit down with the keeper and, um, and you know, you line the gun up against a target, usually shaped like a deer but made of metal, um, some few hundred yards away, and you just have to yeah. hit it square in the centre of the target. And if you can do that, then you're off to the races. And it's not, not difficult. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. And, and will, I get, will I get the antlers to put in my house well yeah i think you can ask for them certainly wow i mean and if it and if it's and it's easier if you're not going to scotland and you're not having to kind of fly back then you don't have to worry about sticking the antlers through the kind of machine when you get on the ba plane which can always be yes a bit of a i imagine they love i imagine they absolutely love english english seeming toffs coming back (laughs) through I imagine it really warms the cockles of a of a Scottish customs officer's heart. Yeah, and, and and of course your fellow metropolitan London dwelling passengers. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, isn't that why we talk about this stuff on this show anyway? We do it to troll, <laughs> to, to, to troll. Not entirely. The haters. I, I agree. It's a, it, it's one motive amongst many. Um, uh, anyway, so um, what have you been up to this weekend? I've been freezing my ass off, Tobes. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, because for the third for the third week, my um, our boiler has broken down, mm. or rather, the third time in a row. Apparently, the burner has gone. And so you've got so an oil. Been, you've got an oil. Yes. Burner, uh, so we've got the experience of, of of how life must have been before central heating, which is basically you you have certain rooms where you have. A fire. We've got, we've got a raven, which is fueled by solid fuel, like logs and logs, which I go out and cut, uh, or, or coal. And we've got a log burner in the office. And otherwise, the house is is freezing. But you know what? I think it's kind of kind of good for you. I think I, I'm not sure that central heating is actually a good thing. You know, um, I, and I, I, I hate to sound like Greta Thunberg here, but but <laughs> I, it, it dries out your skin. So, so you, you you welcome the um, the fact that uh, gas boilers will shortly be um, uh, made illegal. It, it, what, it, the, the, the government I unveiled some um, scheme, didn't they? A couple of like earlier this week or last week, rather. Um, and, it, and it was sort of suddenly replicated across the world. So the, yeah. the, many people detected the sinister hand of the WEF, which we'll go oh, on to totally. talk about in a minute. Yeah, an, an, an alleged conservative MP called I think Chris Skidmark. Chris, Chris Skidmore. Chris Skidmark has has has. I, I mean, I, I, it amazes me that they can find these MPs <laughs> who, who are wearing the conservative label. And these people are prepared to, oh yeah, I will sell all my all my constituents' principles um, uh, for a mess of pottage. You know, I don't. Oh, suddenly I'm not going to be a conservative if it is required of me by by my sinister overlords and you know uh, from the, from the, the the green industrial complex. Uh, yeah, I will sign away the freedoms and liberties of all my constituents and force them to to use crappy boilers that don't heat their house that leave leave them shivering in misery i'm okay with that because my ambition is more important i don't know how these people can live with themselves i really do think they should retire to their study with a bottle of whiskey and their service pistol if they have any sense (laughs) Um, of honor i think chris kidman wasn't he the minister who piloted the net zero bill through Theresa May's House of Commons, yeah. And this is a review he's just published of what progress we're making. And he has, needless to say, concluded we're not not making nearly enough progress. We need to go harder and faster in pursuit of our net zero by 2050 target. And he, he, he seems to think that, you know, we can easily get by on wind and solar power alone. Doesn't give <laughs> doesn't give a second thought to the fact that you know um, w- almost no wind power was generated in the month of December because we were sort of in the midst of these kind of this Arctic freeze and there was just no wind. It um, is what happens in in really cold weather. There is no wind, which is when you need <laughs> your heating most. It, it's amazing that this hasn't got through to their. I think it. Ha- I mean, it's obviously got through to their heads. They they don't care. That's the problem. They really don't care. They produce these these papers to give a fig leaf of credibility to policy that the government is going to railroad through anyway the government does not care because it's just taking orders from above it's it's not it's not responding to the needs of 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 the populace or the desires of the populace you know one reason i think that um mps like chris skidmore um 
are embracing the net zero agenda. And also, I think the reason why, did you see that Steve Baker, who is pretty sound by the standards of, you know, the the Parliamentary Conservative Party. So he's likely to think. He's just an absolute Very sound on on economics. Anyway, um, he, he tweeted last week, um, his how 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 he was an ally to the LGBTQ plus community and wanted Did to he? stamp out hatred for <laughs> members of that community as though you know they're being attacked on the street on a daily basis, yeah, um, and neglecting the fact that you know members of the LGBTQ plus community are probably safer in Britain than anywhere else in the world. Um, no, we need to make more progress. We're not doing enough. Um, we need to combat this prejudice, these phobias, blah, blah, blah. And it was a slightly odd, slightly anomalous thing for um, Steve Baker, of all MPs, to tweet. And and the reason for that, I think, um, is that and I think I'll write about this in The Spectator this week, is I think Steve Baker must be uh, looking ahead to when he fears he may lose his seat. So, mm. you know, um, uh, his seat, I think Wickham, is not, not considered a safe seat and, and, and will likely fall unless the polls mm. improve for the Tories. So he's thinking about, well, if I go back into the private sector, if I'm in the job market um, in, you know, 2025, uh, I'm going to be up against all these super woke kind of HR departments at the kind of companies in the private sector I'd like to work for. Um, And uh, so I need to start saying some woke things now, which I can point to in those interviews when I'm being grilled by the HR, you know, diversity crats about what I've done to advance the cause of equity, diversity and inclusion in my interview. I'll be able to say I've always been a faithful, loyal ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, And Chris Kidmore will be able to say, well, I, I piloted through the commitment to achieve net zero by 2050. And when I didn't think they were doing it quickly enough, I reprimanded them and published this report. So my credentials are second to none uh, when it comes to sustainability, ESG. Um, so I think that's part yeah. of it. I think, I think we can expect, I mean, you probably think the Conservative Party are super woke already, but actually I think we can expect them to get more woke in the run-up to the next general election as, as, as a lot of Conservative MPs are sobered up by the prospect of being on the job market again, thinking about how they're going to earn a living match their MP salaries Uh, and the only way they can do that is to shore up their woke credentials now to try and compensate for the kind of toxic uh, legacy of being a conservative a Tory MP well I think there's only one conservative MP left that I have any respect for I think you know who that is James (laughs) Mr Bridgen (laughs) Mr Bridgen so I I don't think I've I've had your take on on the whole Bridgen affair what's, what's, what's your line well my line is that um, uh, we better explain who he is first and what he's done, haven't we? Andrew Bridgen is a member of Parliament um, who, until recently, uh, took the Conservative whip, um, uh, and he has been one of the few MPs—not the only MPs, but one of the few MPs—to um, raise the alarm about the mRNA vaccines. Um, and it looks as though um, he was red pilled by meeting with Dr. Asim Malhotra. Um, who is a distinguished cardiologist and at one stage was a mRNA vaccine enthusiast, but um, he himself was red-pilled when his father died unexpectedly and suddenly shortly after, I think, getting boosted, Um, possibly after taking a second dose, I'm not sure. Uh, Anyway, so um, he did some research and he's become convinced that the vaccine rollout should be suspended until we know more about them for, I think, everyone under the age of 65. Um, uh, And um, he's met with Andrew Bridgen and Andrew Bridgen has been persuaded by him that that, uh, these vaccines are not nearly as safe or efficacious as we've been led to believe. And he's spoken out about that in Parliament and... um, And he decided to speak out about it again, at least on Twitter um, last week, in which he said that um, he thought the rollout of these vaccines was the greatest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. No, no, he didn't know that you're misrepresenting. No, that's right. No, no, that's right. He said he said that's right. No, he said a cardiologist um, uh, he knew. Believes, or or, or something along those lines. But he he didn't say it. But he, he didn't say it as if to say. I'm merely quoting someone and not making and not saying whether I believe this or not. It was as though, as so and so said, this is the greatest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. Isn't that? The, but those are the basic form of words. We could probably look it up somewhere, but anyway, mm. that was the gist of it. And um, that was enough to trigger the Conservative Party or the leadership of the party. And so the whip was suspended, and he was condemned for spreading misinformation 
about the COVID-19 vaccines and for making an offensive comparison to the Holocaust. Um, and, yes. Uh, yeah, and, the, and, I think the confected outrage was was part of their their sort of duck the issue strategy. Rather than, rather than address his allegations that the death jab was killing loads of people, which it is, Yes, uh, they instead decided to dress themselves up in 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 the you know outrage and 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 horror that he that he'd mentioned the Holocaust and 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 then of course rather rather deliciously it turned out that the the professor that that Bridgen had been quoting was actually an Israeli. Uh, he he kept that he kept that quiet until until the the outrage bus started started mm. <laughs> revving its engines. So yeah, I I, I think it's um. That, that's a reasonably fair summary of yeah and what, i think what, i think the, the, I, I didn't realize you'd been red pilled by by malhotra i think so yes right. um so um yeah i mean I, I've been sort of puzzling over whether this is a free speech issue and i think it is in one respect not in another so i don't think um you know you can say that when a political party suspends the whip or punishes one of its members or even expels them, that that's necessarily a free speech issue because political parties have to have the kind of latitude to discipline their members, their MPs in order to stay on message, whatever. Um, I'm not sure that's, you know, it'd be, it'd be, I, don't want to, I wouldn't want to die in a ditch claiming that that is a breach of his free speech. That's, that, you know, I think parties have to be free to be able to, to do that, you know, as, as respecting their freedom of association. And they are political organisations, supposedly with ideologies. And if someone departs too far from the message, they have to be at liberty to expel them if they're going to operate as political parties. But I do think the attempt to smear him as an anti-Semite, and as you say, um, avoid engaging in the data he's bringing up about the efficacy and safety of these vaccines, smear him as an anti-Semite rather than engage in a debate about that very issue in the public square, avoid doing so, brand it misinformation without ever really rebutting it by presenting alternative evidence. Um, I think that that is a free speech issue. That is an attempt to shut down a perfectly legitimate public debate through the use of kind of smears. Um, and I don't think what he said was anti-Semitic. Um, and it, I, mean, the, the, I suppose that it, one thing which slightly complicates it is that um, in, I think, Germany, um, you can be prosecuted as a Holocaust denier or under the at least under the law prohibiting Holocaust denial, if you, not just if you deny that the Holocaust took place, but if you relativise the Holocaust. So that is to compare... Yeah, but we're not in Germany. I, that's true. That's true. Um, that's <laughs> you true. noticed. Um, and, uh, and, and, I mean, I, I, think it was, I think it was in poor taste to um, compare, you know, um, the vaccine rollout... To the Holocaust, um, and I, I mean, I don't think he was guilty of trivialising the Holocaust oh, by doing that. I mean, he was trying to kind of, you know, it was hyperbole to stress how grave and serious a matter he thinks the rollout of the vaccines are. Um, but um, nevertheless, I think it was in poor taste, and I regret the fact that he kind of presented <laughs> our enemies with such a kind of an easy target. Oh, yeah, he made is, it I, easier for them to dismiss. I could, his have, I could have written this the Toby hot take. It's Tobes. It's so predictable. This 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 game that 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 we I say we I don't I don't quite associate with myself with the people saying coming up with this this cliche, but this idea that oh yes um, I agree I agree with what somebody said, but it was their tone. It was their way of their way of answering. I mean, it, like like we have to tone police ourselves all the time. What we're doing is playing the enemy's game when we when we do this and justifying the unjustifiable that you've got the entirety of parliament closing down a debate on on the, what is essentially a crime against humanity the, the 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 infliction on the populace of this this uh, untested actually when it comes down to it untested experimental treatment mrna treatment which should never have been inflicted on the public it was missold to them People have died. People have lost legs. And, and, and here are, here are people saying, Oh, but he shouldn't have mentioned the Holocaust. What's that got to do with anything? The well, point it, is, it, it, surely it, it, this really important issue is now well in the public domain, which it should have been in, in for, uh, for, for, frankly, since the beginning and hasn't been. That's the scandal, not, not the mention of the H word. Well. 
I think, James, um, if you are concerned about... No, you, you, okay, no, Tubbs, you, you, uh, to be fair, you, I think you've made your point. I've made my point. Let, let, let's, not, let's not drag the, the podcast out well, with this on. kind of sterile discussion about whether we should or we shouldn't. I think we should, A, a have an advert, and B, talk about continuing, because there's the Mahotra thing as well about the, the BBC, which I, I gather I from lockdown sceptics. Yeah, but I, 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 don't, I don't see why you should have the last word, James. Let me just say, before we go to an You ad, bore people rigid, that's the problem, Tess, but go on, say right, it. Right. I think that uh, if, you, if you are concerned about the safety and efficacy of the mRNA COVID vaccines, and you want there to be a proper public debate leading to, I think we both share this, uh, James, um, leading to the suspension of the rollout of those vaccines to anyone under 65 who doesn't suffer um, uh, from some underlying health condition, Um, then you want the people making the case for the suspension of that rollout programme to be as respectable and as hard to criticise as possible. You don't want them to paint a big fat target on their back and enable those who don't want to have the discussion, for whatever reason, to be able to dismiss those concerns as easily as they have been able to in the case of Andrew Bridgen. I think what he's done was brave and it's better that he raise it if no one else is going to, but I think it would be better still if someone a bit more grown up and with a bit more gravitas had raised that issue. I think we might be closer to achieving our objective. And I don't think we're any closer to it now than we were last week. Anyway, oh, so let's have an ad. Kill me now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's get, let's have a, let's have our, um, our, one of our ads. Whether like Tobes, you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash, or like me, you leap hedges on your 18 hand hunter. What do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping? This would have been a disaster, but now you can whip out your phone and call the Family Emergency Service, that is, the Live-In Care Company. Call 0118-914-5300, theliveincarecompany.co.uk does exactly what it says on the tin. The Live-In Care Company, run by a fellow London calling listener, rocks a 97% five-star trust pilot rating. The Live-In Care Company believes your family should be cared for at home by carers who actually care. We do not believe a synthetic and potentially locked-down environment of a residential care home can hold a candle to -to one-to-one care in your own family home. As one amazed trust pilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. This company contacted us very promptly and had a carer for the position within a couple of hours. Absolutely amazing service with a very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch. This company is by far the best we have used. Get in touch via www.theliveincarecompany.co.uk or ring us for a no obligation conversation on 0118-914-5300. We'd love to help. And here's an extra testimonial from one of our satisfied customers. Just wanted to let you know that we've just employed the live-in care company to provide a carer for my in-laws in Edinburgh. I heard their advert on your podcast a few weeks ago. I'd never heard of them before, but they were exactly what we needed. Might be worth them advertising with you again. I imagine your audience is exactly the right demographic. Yes, I agree. Um, And how's your um, vertigo? Is that cleared up? Oh, it has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It, I, it turned out to be not the um, the inner ear thing. Okay. But the second main cause of vertigo, which is um, upper upper vertebrae in the spine, C naught and C one, apparently, okay. according to but my. You, you went to a chiropractor and yeah, they fixed them. Okay. I love chiropractors. I think they are they are horribly traduced by the medical establishment. In my experience, they're they're bloody brilliant. So you, anyway. you you go in the in the osteopaths versus chiropractors. You go with chiropractors. No, I've had great experiences with both. I just I know that, that, that there is a lot of briefing against chiropractors. You know, people say, "Oh, oh, you know, they do they do things they shouldn't do, and they and they can break your neck." Well, <laughs> I trust mine. Anyway, I think they're really good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, so, should we get on to um, Dr. Asim? Um, Mel Hotro's yes. kind of photo I think we should. the BBC. T- tell us what happened exactly first. Well, so Asim Malhotra, who who is a, a cardiologist and, a, and a, let's be honest, a, a bit of a kind of media personality doctor. Um, he's been he's been round and about for years, often talking about diet and stuff like that. 
um, and she's a cardiologist. And when the 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 rollout of these so-called vaccines or death jabs, as I call them, um, began. He was all pro-vaccine and he still claims to be not an anti-vaccine. He thinks vaccines are a good thing generally, which I don't, by the way. But yeah, so he was pro and he was he was part of the machine machinery which was pushing them. But then he had a change of heart, which he ascribes to the fact that his dad, who was in the pink of health, um, had well, died actually, I think, as a result of having having had the jabs, and he and and he blames the the vaccine. So he's he's had a he's had a, a change of heart, and late last year he started speaking up about this as the voice of a former supporter of the of the of the vaccines from the medical establishment who had now realised they were bad, and he was demanding a, a moratorium on the vaccines until further investigation had taken place. Um, he had a had a conference, a sort of press conference, which nobody from the mainstream media went to. Um, uh, I, I think they got GB News and things like that, but that was about it. Now he's up the ante. He's gone onto the BBC, onto a BBC new, news program, and his story is that this this happened without the BBC realizing what his position was, and he was asked to go on to talk about statins. Mm. And in the course of this this interview about the effects of statins and whether or not the, the, the lack thereof was calling, causing more heart attacks and yada, 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 he said, actually, though, I think there is a more serious reason why there have been a spate of, of, of um, cardiological problems recently, and that is to do with the vaccines. And this clip on the BBC, which, of course, has fiercely resisted the idea that, that the vaccines could have anything to do with with health problems uh has i think you reported it's it's been seen 17 million times is that right well i think we got um yeah it's uh it's been it's it's been watched i think uh hang on um we did we did uh oh we did we did i'm trying to find the figure here i thought it was a lot anyway a, 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 a lot lot yeah. lot more than ever would normally watch the the BBC certainly. So the cat is is out of the bag. Now um, people are debating whether or not this was whether whether the BBC knew what was going on here or whether it didn't. I'm inclined to believe that they did, just because of the way. I've 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 dealt with the BBC for for many many years, and I've done this kind of vox pot this sort of. Um, this this sort of interview, if you if you go off message, they very very quickly cut you off. And I think that the the way that the BBC treated him, the way they said, well, what evidence do you have for this, um, was not an attempt to close him down. I think it I think it was a sort of prearranged, maybe on the BBC's part, I mean, even if he was unwitting in this. I think that the BBC knew exactly what he's doing. And I, th- I think this is part of the controlled leak of information. I think the narrative is going to change. I think we're seeing evidence of this from all around the world because something similar is happening in America. I think that vaccine injury is going to become an increasing theme in the mainstream media in the next weeks and months. And this is all part of the controlled release, the controlled reveal, if you like. But, it, but even even if it isn't part of the controlled reveal in this, this particular instance, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm glad that he's getting information out there. I think it is about time the general public, the normies, woke up to the damage that's being done by this, this experimental but treatment what, what, that they were coerced into taking. I hadn't heard this theory that um, the BBC had deliberately invited him on knowing or hoping that he would raise these concerns. But why would there be a plan by the BBC or anyone else to reveal the risks of taking this vaccine? Oh, there could be any, 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 number, of, any number of reasons which would, would, would take us all, all, all day. I mean, I'm of the view that the, this was, the, the, everything that's happening now was, was, was planned. I mean, I, I believe that the pandemic was planned. I believe that the this stage of the pandemic was planned too. If you look at the SPARS document, the John John Hopkins document, you'll find that from page fifty nine onwards, this this document was released. By the way, it 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 it, it was a sort of um, it 
sandtabled, if you like, this scenario in which this 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 pandemic broke out from a, from a virus that came from China, and how the authorities might deal with it, and how they might roll out the vaccine program, and what would happen at the stage when when vaccine damage started happening and the public started turning against the vaccines. How would the how would the authorities deal with it? This 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 report of this ima- completely imaginary scenario was produced in 2019, and if you look at page 59 onwards, you'll see we are reaching that stage where they start sort of controlled release of information suggesting well hang on a second maybe mistakes were made blah 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 and i, I suspect i just suspect i can't prove it that the the the, the revelation that this interview in bbc was was part of the plan but, but that's but what I, that's what but, team james would think but I, I i'm confused about this team james position because i thought your position was that the authorities wanted to gull us into taking these vaccines in order to kill us um and therefore they do yes, their best to suppress passed, any reservation but they, what they, 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 what they, do they hope they've to gone gain through by that admitting... stage of the plan they, they're now moving on to the next thing because they know that they can't keep this secret forever it would be impossible i mean things are coming out all the time aren't they the stuff about about how that essentially this was a pentagon project project rather than rather than anything to do with anything that was organized by the or, or policed by America's checks and balances in the medical system not that there are many particularly but that this vaccine was essentially released as a kind of as a, as a military enterprise rather than as a health enterprise all, all this stuff is is, is is gradually being leaked out I mean there's nothing I wanted to discuss with you the the Australian medical professional society that you've presumably seen the letter they've produced on on liability for the vaccines. Have you seen that? I don't think I'm not sure I have. We can talk about that in a moment. But yes, I my view is that this is part of the controlled reveal. But even if it's not, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a it's an it's an amusing thing to discuss. But it doesn't change the fact that information, for whatever reason, more and more information is 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 leaking out. So that people like Andrew Bridgen yeah. and and Asim Malhotra. Are regardless of what their actual motives are, they're looking like they're on the right side of history. I would have, but I would have thought that um, regardless of you know whether the pandemic was planned or the vaccines were released in order to um, deliberately kill us, uh, neither of which I believe. But even so, um, you would have thought that um, that you know that 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 governments around the world that endorse these vaccines and encourage people to take them, sometimes in quite coercive ways by introducing vaccine passports and threatening them with the sack if they didn't get jabbed and so forth, would not at any point want to acknowledge that the doubts that people have been raising about their safety um, are based in reality and based on the data because that suddenly robs them of any authority i mean insofar yes. as you know they they, they 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 one of the reasons i think for the enthusiastic embrace of the mrna vaccines by various governments around the world they saw it as a way of restoring the authority of the kind of cognitive elite of those in power of the technocrats the experts you know we're going to solve we, we're going to we're going to we're going to lead the world out of this terrible crisis um uh, and if they now say actually we've got it wrong and these aren't particularly safe these vaccines they have in fact been killing people and causing vaccine injuries and so forth then they're going to then they're going to undo all the good they think they've done by way of restoring their authority aren't they and it's just going to result in a massive wave of populist backlashes which will dwarf those we saw you know seven or eight years ago so i, I can't yes. see why if if, if no, of course you can't Tobes. of course you can't I mean that, that I would fully expect that you, you, you're, you're playing the. I mean, I don't believe, even believe you are playing the game. But what you're doing is is the. But why would they do it? Which which is always the the standard response of of, of people like you. It's it, it's a bit like the when 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 Hitler breaks his pact with Stalin and and the tanks the, the the tanks start rolling across the steps and people like you are still saying yes but i don't believe it's happening because why would he do it well you just got to look at look at what's happening and realize it is happening and, well, and accept I, that you, you can construct it, it, all manner of explanations for why it's going on but what i describe is going on for whatever reason and and there's an end to it we, we, we well i think i think sure. it seems to me that 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 you know it, it your 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 ability to kind of adapt your hypothesis to accommodate events which seemingly contradict it 
suggest that you know the hypothesis itself isn't true i mean you know your 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 position has been the bbc is entirely controlled and everything they put out is at the behest of the government who in turn are being controlled by the wef or some other shadowy cabal so when that when something like this is released on the bbc rather than admit oh well maybe the bbc isn't entirely controlled maybe sometimes you know the truth inadvertently slips out and they do have some residual I commitment don't think to journalism. This is the first Instead of that, you think, you, th- you think, ah, no, this is all part of the conspiracy. It's, uh, like, it's a little bit implausible. I, At some point, you, you have to you abandon your conspiracy, don't you? And see numerous occasions where I've cited the Spars document and I've made this point before. So I think it's a bit of a cheap trick making out that I haven't made this point before. I'm saying, yes, it is all part of the plan. You can, you can dispute that, but what you can't do is, is, is accuse me of being inconsistent. Well, I've never heard this, you say before that you, no, you thought the powers that be planned I've to... I've mentioned the Spars document before. You've sounded very uncomfortable and moved, the narrow, moved, 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 moved swiftly, swiftly on, which is what you often do when I talk about things you don't want me to talk about. Well, I don't recall you having said before, James, that no, of you think you there, was a, there was a plan to... Are you even aware of the Spars way. document? I mean, let me, let me finish my point. I don't, I don't think you've heard what I was saying. You've never said before, I don't think, that in due course, the BBC and other media organisations would raise doubts about the vaccines and there would be this kind of controlled release of, you know, information showing that they're not actually as safe as we were originally led to believe because that was all part of the plan. I think you've always said that, you know, the plan was to kill as many people as possible, the death jabs, the clot shots, whatever, and that they were going to suppress any doubts as energetically as they could and try and control the global media organizations whatever in order to suppress any release of information for yeah. shedding it's kind of always doubts good to 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 ridicule your your opponents by misrepresenting their position and, well, and misrepresenting i don't mean to do that said. if you have said that before straw, i apologize straw, straw manning them which is what which is what occasionally you do when well when I, get I think in this case James, fight I, modes. I think i think i think you know uh, it feels more like a cock-up than a conspiracy um dr se mahotra saying what he did on this BBC News programme. He was invited to talk about one thing and he managed to shoehorn in um, a discussion of the vaccines. And the BBC subsequently seemed quite embarrassed and wheeled on various senior doctors to allay people's fears about the vaccine. And certainly the official line um, still seems to be that all these concerns are misplaced and the risks of COVID are far greater than any risks the vaccine It doesn't carry. really ultimately matter though, does it? The point is that uh, I don't know why you, why you sort of skirted past this one, given that you've made this point on your own website. The point is that this, this stuff is now very much in the domain of people who previously have been blithely unaware because they don't even read Lockdown Skeptics, let, let alone listen to my, to my podcast and stuff. So yes, the cat is out of the bag and it's going to be very interesting. And th- th- simultaneously, we have the release by the Australian Medical Professional Society of this letter to all Australia's doctors saying, uh, it's headlined, administering of COVID-19 vaccination is likely not an indemnified action. This is notice of your obligations, rights and potential risks. So what it's saying basically is that all you Aussie medics who who dished out this, this alleged vaccine to all your patients imagining that you were somehow indemnified against being sued for the damage these things might cause, um, are actually not indemnified after all. You could be in trouble. Well, I mean, this, this, so they're already preparing the ground for, for, um, you know, people, the heads are eventually going to roll for this, for this scandalous, uh, this, this public health scandal where people were forced into taking or coerced or, or bullied into taking this medical treatment where they didn't need and which has caused some of them severe damage. We know that the vaccine companies themselves, the big pharma companies, have indemnified themselves with these extraordinary contracts they secured with the various governments. But it looks like people lower down the food chain, it looks like the doctors themselves might be very vulnerable. So it's all unravelling, which is very interesting. Well, um I can add something to this, which is, I don't know if you saw, but the I think the FDA in America um, uh, announced that um, a safety signal uh, has, has been detected in the VARS data um, and um, uh, that uh, for the over 65s who've been taking the 
what's it called? The bivalent vaccine. So it's a combined flu COVID-19 vaccine. Um, uh, it's like a booster and a vaccine simultaneously. Um, and um, they say for those over 65, it does look as though there may be an increased risk of stroke in the 21 days following receipt of the bivalent vaccine. Um, they haven't said that they haven't they haven't they haven't withdrawn it yet or suggested people don't take it, but they have at least acknowledged that that there is a safety signal detectable in the VARS data and they're going to investigate it further. Um, do you think we ought to do another, another of those ads now? Thor sent in a wanted ad in the style of Ernest Shackleton. He says, Shackleton's original wanted advert is worth reading for his powerful, concise copy. Shackleton's original Adventurers Wanted advert read as follows. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness. Safe return, doubtful. Honour and recognition in event of success. Ernest Shackleton for Burlington Street. So here's Thor's wanted advert in the style of Ernest Shackleton. Ballsy blokes and based babes wanted for hazardous free-thinking journey. Profits beat wages. Good return on investment, very likely. Climb aboard thorholt.substack.com and subscribe for all London Callers Coffee Club updates. Or connect directly with Thor on linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thor Holt, all one word. Because all future invitations to London Callers Coffee Club, Zoom and face-to-face will be via thorholt.substack.com. Have a wonderful week, Thor. P.S. Our first face-to-face London Callers meetup will be on board Classic Motor Launch, the very gorgeous Belle Opaque. Uh, Belle Opaque. Owned by your fellow London call, owned by a fellow London caller. Check her out: www.bell-epoch.co.uk. And do let me know if you'd like an invitation, because numbers are strictly limited. So there you go. Two bits of news there. Thor has started a Substack, a Substack newsletter. And if you want to get all the updates about the um, London Callers Coffee Club, you need to join that Substack. You can join it for free. It's thorholt.substack.com. And in addition, he has organised the first actual face-to-face meetup for the London Callers Coffee Club. And it's going to be on board a motor launch called the Belle Epoque. Um, uh, anyway, so you want to find out more about that? Um, check out his Substack, forholt.substack.com. So there we if are. If I'd been invi- advising Thor on his copywriting, I think yeah. I might have said that that ad would, would have been better without the preamble explaining what it was doing. I think if he'd just gone into the Shackleton thing. Maybe, yeah. You know, like an advert from Thor in the style of Ernest Shackleton and then just, just straight in there. Yeah, maybe. I guess the the wording of that original Shackleton ad is quite interesting. I, I I I wasn't aware of that. Were you? I mean, I think I may have read about it before, but I I'd forgotten anyway how good it was. So I was quite I was quite happy to read that out. Anyway, mm. um, so um, uh, we can argue about something else, James. Which is um, this week. Uh, I think later this week we're going to see the gathering of the global elite, the gold plated gold card wielding professional set the davos men in switzerland um at the behest of the wef um i think it's 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 that time of year isn't it i think davos is 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 nearly upon us um Um, and uh, yeah i don't know i haven't been invited but actually i'm not sure i'd go anyway really it would be worth going wouldn't it because we'd be bound to get some fantastic copy at the very least you know don't you think? Where would I, I, mean, I, where would I, where would I, I publish it? I mean, I, I suppose I could publish it on my, you know, Substack or whatever. But it's, yeah, you go. Yeah. We might, we might run a piece by you and the Daily Skeptic about it. You know, James's oh, no. adventures well, in Davos. Well, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually pay, but uh, yeah. No, um, I think it's. I. I've heard that it's that it's not going to be as popular this year as it has been in 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 in, in previous years. Um, I tell you what, I'm more excited about. I I did a I did a podcast recently with um Tom Tom Nwongo, um who is has a, a a podcast called 
guns, God and goats, or <laughs> guns, goats and God. Or something. No, no, not, no, God doesn't appear in it. Something else beginning with G. Guns, goats and gold. That's it. <laughs> um, and um, he was telling me about something rather interesting, that there is a, there, there is a, a split between uh, 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 in the cabal it, within the within the powers that be, so that there's, there's the the WEF faction mm. is is um, having a row with the with the Federal Reserve faction. Do you know about this? No, I haven't heard this. Well, there was an example of this um, recently when um, the the chairman of the the, the head of the, the Federal Reserve. Um, made some comment to the extent that it, it is not our job to try and change the world's climate or or or, or, or talk about, about about climate change. You know, we're in the business of of, of money. Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a, sh- a shot across the bows of 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 the the WEF faction, who are obsessed, of course with 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 climate change with sustainability you know all the speeches that mark carney endlessly gives about yeah. the um the, the the need to save the planet and to to stop using oil and so and so on um and this was a sign that that there, there are certain people um certain high ups who've who've had just about enough of this that there was never their plan to watch watch the american economy go down and this and this resistance is being let i mean this is just the theory but but i think it, it does have some legs so so jerome powell at the federal reserve is not another of those those um sort of statist goons who's never had a proper job in his life never been involved in the markets never 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 produced anything of value um he's he's not of that of that party and although i mean i've always thought of the federal reserve as a terrible thing it seems that for once their interests and those of people like you and me might be aligning against the the world the world economic forum let's let's sustainability of the world into back to the stone age faction right um that's interesting yeah i mean obviously to my mind that suggests that um there is no global power elite pulling the strings and dictating policy and that's not how it goes it's, it's think of it in terms of, of rival just, mafia gangs duking okay. it out for supremacy yeah. that's how it works right um yeah I, one would have yeah i mean I, I would have thought that um uh it's not surprising that there is a bit of dissent finally bubbling up even within the elites to the kind of climate emergency net zero agenda because it is so economically catastrophic and because so much of the um uh, so so many of the doubts are answered uh, by wishful thinking claiming that you know we can deal with the fact that there isn't enough wind to meet our energy needs uh, at least not uh, uh, you know not in some months that we can we can store the the excess energy generated by wind in more windy months by using batteries without a kind of without a second thought as to the expense of producing these batteries and using them to as kind of storage units and how much that's going to increase the price of you know each unit of electricity um but 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 at some point all this wishful thinking this inability to engage with perfectly legitimate economic concerns about the impact of the net zero agenda at some point they are going to hit kind of run aground on reality aren't they so it's not surprising um I, I i've been actually surprised that it hasn't happened sooner um you know the revolt against um esg uh, i'm surprised it hasn't happened already and not at all surprised that it's uh, that it's it's beginning to happen um and uh, yeah I, I think that you know i i do think that um uh, the WEF may need to have a have a rethink on this. You know, maybe 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 say net zero by the next century 
as opposed to in, you know, 25 years time, um, or as Extinction Rebellion would have it in five years time, um, because it is just completely unrealistic. And it's just going to immiserate, you know, the countries that sign up to it. And very few who have, incidentally, none of the big carbon emitters have signed up to the net zero agenda in spite of Boris's efforts at COP26, in spite of Theresa May trying to set this marvellous example to the rest of the world. I mean, it looks like we're going to immiserate ourselves um, <laughs> with no benefit benefit at all, even when it comes to reducing carbon emissions, because nobody else is going to follow this agenda. Mm. Only we're going to follow it, and we're going to just sink into the North Sea. In oh, God, terms, I've suddenly looked at the time, and, and I'm thinking uh, we should move on to um, Last Out and Culture Corner, so I can get to my Pilates and maybe have a trip to the loo before I go. Okay. Um, oh, is that, are you worrying about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, we've got a new ad, James. Um uh, and um, it's uh, it's for a book, a thriller, a terrorism thriller called The Jasmine Sari. So listen to these reviews. A real humdinger of a thriller. I can't recommend it highly enough. These are all real reviews. Timely, topical with the current state of the world we live in. Comprehensively and movingly inverts the whole sterile establishment frame debate on terrorism and you can buy the jasmine sari uh, by philip tucker on amazon now and this is these are some other things that people have been saying about it proves that outstanding fiction can speak about the bigger truths more eloquently than factual reporting this book should be read by everyone living in the west above all this book made me think it showed me many things i'd never sensed on the whole subject of terrorism brilliant and here's another you can taste the dust and smell the air of bangladesh a great retro bangla bollywood-esque cover a stunning finale that left me virtually breathless an entertaining and explosive race against time which kept my eyes glued to the pages great stuff so you can buy the jasmine sari by philip tucker on amazon and here's one more endorsement this one from the morning star no less this is a startlingly adroit angry and astute political thriller the jasmine sari gets it and you should get it too so that's the jasmine sari uh, an original thriller about terrorism set in bangladesh by philip tucker a london calling listener just go to amazon.co.uk search up the jasmine sari by philip tucker okay james so um what have you been watching listening to this week i've got a few things uh, none of them i'm afraid um well one of them i recommend the other two i won't what about you have you got anything for us uh well i watched that thing on netflix kaleidoscope oh yeah watching that I was slightly put off by the kind of Rashomon-esque storytelling device of telling the same story um, the same, you know, over and over again, but from different points of view. It's like, good Lord. We I don't, oh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. It doesn't, 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 it? it doesn't tell okay. them from different points of view. It just, so it, it's a ripoff, actually, of a, of, a, of a 1969 experimental novel called the Unfortunates by B.S. Johnson, which 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 is you, all, all the chapters were published in a box, unbound, right. and you 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 there was a starter chapter and an ending chapter, but you could read the intervening chapters in any order, okay. and that that's what happens with this. It, it's a heist caper, whose whose USP is that you see the beginning, you see the end uh, in the right order, but the, the middle. The, the middle episodes are color coded and you can choose whatever color order you want. And some of them are set like 24 years before the heist. Some of them are set um, three weeks before the heist and so on. And you gradually get to see the heist from different, different angles, different um, time right. angles anyway. But actually it ultimately doesn't make much difference. And, and I'm, I've got mixed feelings about it. I, I, I liked some of the characters. I, I like. The, the central character is played by Gus from um, Breaking Bad. You know, right. That guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and some of the episodes are good and some of them are a bit sort of a bit annoying and a bit rubbish. Um, and what I realised actually is I don't like the heist genre. I think apart from the Italian job, it's really, really annoying because what they do is they, they put together this ca- this set of characters, which you quite quite like, and you they get you rooting for them 
to to have you know to to, to conduct the successful heist, and then inev- inevitably the heist goes horribly wrong because there are fallings out, because people betray people, and 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 silly mistakes are made, and it ends up being a disaster. And I find that the trajectory of these of, of, of that particular genre sort of frustrating and disappointing because you're always gonna they don't get their way, and you kind of wanted them to. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, doesn't you haven't, you haven't oversold? No, no, I'm I mean, not. I, I'm not I, overselling. I, do, what do we think of the Mission Impossible movies as heist movies? I mean, they they generally contain heists. You know, the centerpieces of them are these elaborate heists, which are usually pulled off, but only by the skin of Tom Cruise's teeth. But I quite like those. You know, those sections. Of I don't really Mission like Impossible like, like Tom Cruise. Um, nah, and okay. no, so fan. I don't really care. Anyway, so um, I I so that I've I've watched one TV series since we last spoke, or at least I've nearly watched it, which is um, Echo Three. So um, what, it's, what, what, it's, what channel? It's on Apple TV, Apple TV or Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called, the Apple streaming service, and um, it's by the guy that created um, the Hurt Locker. Um, and uh, and it, and it's about this um, it's about this uh, woman whose brother is in the U.S. Special Forces and who marries someone in his squad, and she gets kidnapped by these Colombian terrorists. Why is and there a girl in his squad? She's not in the squad. She's married to one of the squad. So her brother's oh, in the her brother's in oh, the Special okay, Forces. Her husband's in the Special Forces, and they're in the same squad. But she's not. She's not in the Special Forces. But she gets kidnapped. She's a scientist. She's in the Colombian jungle, and she gets kidnapped, and they have to rescue her. And basically, she's not a climate of, scientist, is she? Because no, she actually, no, she's not. She's not. Thank the Lord, she's not a climate. Because otherwise, she's I, a, I'd say leave her there. No, she's she's an addiction. No, she's actually um, researching the properties of hallucinogens as treatments to opioid addiction. So I think you're okay. quite up your strasser. No, I do. yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd um, rescue so her. She's, she's, yeah, so she's yeah, so she's uh, she's she's uh, she's she's quite sympathetic, quite compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it's all about their attempts to rescue her, and it it does take an awfully long time to rescue her. You think these guys, you know, they've got some help from the CIA and her husband's father is a billionaire i mean they've got all these resources mm. you know um but and they, they, it still takes some kind of seven or eight episodes to well, seemingly and anyway, i haven't got there yet but i'm up to episode six and they still haven't rescued her so i'm thinking yeah come on guys pull your finger out can't be that difficult uh anyway but it's quite good it's quite exciting um and but i've watched a couple of pretty mediocre movies too um so i watched the pale blue eye um which is now on netflix you know oh, it's I was the new scott that. frank film and it's um so um uh, 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 Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is one of the characters. He's not the main character, but he's one of the characters. So he's a he's a he's a student at an American military academy, and it's about a series of grisly murders at this military academy. And this ex constable is taken out of retirement to try and solve the members. And you know, um, uh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe becomes the kind of his kind of. Watson to his Sherlock Holmes in 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 their attempts to solve this this puzzle, um, and it's it. I thought it was pretty feeble actually. Um, the, the, it, it kind the, of, the trailer looked boring. Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it. It's uh, I mean I quite like Scott Frank. I think he's done some great things. I mean his screenplay for Out of Sight was fantastic. I really like Godless, the Western series he did on Netflix, but this I didn't think was up to his usual standard, so not recommended. And I also saw because my wife wanted to watch it, A Man Called Otto, which is the latest Tom Hanks film. And it's based on, I think, a Norwegian or possibly a Swedish novel. Um, uh, but I think in the novel, he's called Ovo. Anyway, um, uh, and it's about this kind of curmudgeonly older man who um, whose wife has died of cancer and he's trying to commit suicide. But he, he his despair is gradually assuaged by being drawn back into, you know, the everyday dramas of his neighbours in this kind of neighbourhood uh, in middle america um and it's very sentimental and one of one of the things which pulls him back from the brink is um uh the 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 kind of newspaper delivery boy um says that his wife he used to teach at the local high school he says you know you're so-and-so's husband aren't you and he says yes and he says yeah she was she was the only teacher at my school who who um sympathized with the fact that i was transgender she was the first 
teacher to use my new name and she persuaded the other teachers to use my new name so she was a really good person and i loved her and you know and and suddenly otto realizes just how much good his wife did in the world and how he doesn't want to leave the world quite yet and then this transgender character becomes a main one of the main characters in the film and you're thinking and and i checked with my wife who's read the book and there was no transgender character in the book anyway and it felt like a kind of an attempt to shoehorn in a bit of kind of wokery pokery and then his wife turns out she was disabled and he had to fight for proper disabled access in their neighborhood and wheelchair ramps and the rest of it so it's got kind of like uh, it's helping to beleaguered kind of on-trend minorities the di- the differently right. abled and trans and so you know you feel like oh my god this is just woke hollywood um right uh, i anyway I can, so don't, i'm gonna have to make a dash for the lead tapes and and not not because of, of um tummy trouble but i'm gonna have to throw up now that is just the worst <laughs> you've just described the worst film i think i'm ever ever not going to see I just, it was it was a kind of it was it was like it was like the worst kind of sentimental saccharine hollywood schmaltz meets kind of hard left identitarian ideology i mean a terrible combination so uh, yeah okay i'm not Uh, recommending that one okay pilates is is calling tips i i I think all right mate we had enough culture there okay Okay. Um, all right see you next week then talk next week okay Okay. when are you going when are you going on this 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 hunting double horse i don't want to talk about it i don't don't want want to jinx it okay all right um, okay yeah Okay. All right. Bye, James. All right. Bye. Bye. This is London calling. Um, Hello. Hi. Um, Sorry. I might have to start this out again because typically from Paul, it's just downright incomprehensible. (laughs) Um, Let me just let me just have a read through of it. Hang on. Um, uh, 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 I think. uh, uh, I think you you should keep all this in. (laughs) It's part of the charm. Well, he said he wants me. He wants me to quote. Thor, but inside the quotation marks, he wants me to say yes. Thor, concise copy. So what is yeah. is, is Thor supposed to be? Am I quoting Thor, referring to Thor in the third person here? It's totally baffling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.